brothers and sisters, today uh, we celebrate the sixth Sunday of Easter. Uh, it's a special day for me because um, uh, tomorrow actually is my uh, anniversary as a deacon. Uh, May 18th, 2019, I was ordained uh, a deacon by Bishop Joe. Um, and, uh, and praise be to God for this year uh, that he's given me. Um, I gave the homily this morning at Mass, uh, and so I'm going to focus on that homily again. When, uh, when I was in high school, I actually um, had the opportunity to go back to my, uh, my elementary school and to, uh, to, in order to, to teach something to the elementary school kids, you know, like a lot of high schoolers. Uh, something that I thought I knew, right? Uh, and that's that's good. The teachers wanted us to learn something, so they made us teach something. That's kind of a it's an excellent way, actually. I'd say of uh, of learning how to uh, learning something or making sure that you understand things. Um, so I go back to my elementary school, and I I remember walking in the door, and I remember thinking as I as I did that, man, this place has become smaller. I think we've had that experience, maybe uh, many of us, where we go back to a place where we were a kid and we have been gone for a while and we go, whoa, what, this is, this place is small or this place seems different or this is not what I remember. Um, but the truth is, of course, it, you know, I, the building didn't change when I walked into it after, you know, six or seven years having been away from it, but that I had changed. We don't notice it uh, maybe within ourselves quite as much, but uh, perhaps because we change kind of slowly, but as the years go by, we look up and we ask ourselves, when did that change? When, when did I get sore from cleaning windows? Or when did I get sore from doing this or doing that? Uh, you know, even at, at such a, a young man that I am, there's been some moments where I'm like, and that shouldn't, why, why is this hurting or, or whatever? Now, of course, as we change, the world also changes. Um, the world around us changes sometimes rather dramatically uh, because of events we have little to no control over often. For example, pandemics. Think of, think of this reality. We change and the world changes and the effect of those changes changes the way we interact with the world, the way we see the world. They give us a new perspective, sometimes quite literally on life. Uh, think, think of how your life has changed the past two months or so. Um, what's different now? What's different in you? What's different in your world? What Have your priorities changed? If so, how? What, what's going on? See, things outside of us can kind of affect us and we interact with them with different perspectives. Here's another thing that we don't control but that uh, changes the world dramatically. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ's resurrection is the dawning of a new world in the words of St. John who talks of a, of a new heaven and a new earth that is coming to be. Christ dies for our sins, but he rises, right? Like, and he destroys death by, by 
by dying, but he rises to give us hope. Now, the change in the world that was affected by Christ should inspire in us a change in the way we look at the world as well. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit whom Christ promises in today's gospel. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot accept will change the way that we live. Look at those words, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What is the fundamental truth that the Spirit makes us realize? That Christ is in his Father and that Christ is in us and that we are in Christ. Jesus, in the words of today's gospel, does not leave us orphans, brothers and sisters. The Spirit makes Christ present. The Spirit makes Christ present in us and around us at every moment of every day. The Spirit of Truth makes it clear to us that the risen Christ comes to us, not physically, as he did uh, in, the, in, the, the, um, in the case of the apostles, but by grace, brothers and sisters, by grace we know that Christ is present. And so just as we ask ourselves those questions about how this pandemic has changed our life, so also we must ask ourselves the question, how does the resurrection of Christ change my life? How has my life been changed by this? Because it should be. See, it's a wonderful characteristic of us human beings, right, that we, we can adapt to new and difficult situations. I, I mean, we think about this pandemic thing. The number of things that we've had to adapt to in the past two months is pretty substantial. I'm not saying that that's easy. It's definitely not. Uh, and there's been a lot of suffering involved. But people figure out ways to do things. We adapt when we're faced with a, when we're confronted with something difficult. But here's the thing. Also, if we don't recognize the change, we can't adapt. Right? If we don't know that there's something new, then we can't adapt to that new circumstance. I think because we fail to recognize the new work which the Spirit is doing, the, the work of making Christ present in our life that the Spirit is doing, it comes about all too often that we, you and I, fail. We fail to, we fail to have hope. We walk around as if we had no hope. St. Peter, in the second reading today, he writes to newly formed Christian communities who were primarily composed of, of folks who had been Gentiles previously. And he implores them to have a new life. These, these folks had, had had an encounter with Christ, right? And they, they came to know him. And they were baptized, they professed the faith, and now they were suffering because of it. You see, they had to, um, they had to change everything. St. Peter spares no bones. I, I would encourage you to go read the letter of St. Peter, the first letter of St. Peter. But he, he spares nothing. Family, marriage, uh, children, relations with the state, economic concerns, uh, 
everything in their lives had to be conformed to the fact that they were baptized in Christ Jesus. It required a total renewal of their life, a, a new way of living. They had to adopt and adapt to a new way of life. And with that new way of life came suffering. And St. Peter recognizes this. He recognizes that that new way of life comes at a cost. He recognizes that they may indeed most likely will suffer as a result of their faith in Christ, as a result of their new way of living, as a result of keeping the commandments because they love the Lord. For us, for us as well, a new way of living, the new way of living to which we are called, brothers and sisters, also may mean, probably will mean, some sort of suffering. But here's the thing. St. Peter doesn't just say good luck with that suffering. No, no, no. He goes further. He says, he claims that suffering for doing good, if that be the will of God, is better than suffering for doing evil. And then he goes even further. It's almost scandalous what he says. He says, rejoice to the extent that you suffer, that you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that when his glory is revealed, you may also rejoice exultantly. See, St. Peter's wise. This is a wise response to, to suffering. He doesn't, he neither denies suffering that it it's not like suffering doesn't exist. And he also doesn't deny that suffering is evil. He recognizes it. But his point is to point out to Christians the true meaning of suffering in light of the passion, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord. This is why he tells his readers, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. And always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you to anyone who asks. See, the act of sanctifying Christ in our hearts transforms suffering, suggests St. Peter, into a reason for our hope. But we, we do need to ask this question. What does it mean to sanctify Christ in our hearts? Notice that the Spirit, the Spirit is the one who makes us capable of doing this action of cooperating with him to sanctify Christ in our hearts. The Spirit himself works in us to sanctify Christ by making us participate in the very life of Christ, making us aware of that participation, and helping us to live accordingly. That is, to live with hope. To live with hope, a new perspective on life, a new breath in our life. Our hope, brothers and sisters, is founded in that promise that Jesus makes in the gospel today, a promise that's being fulfilled in our midst right now, that he will not leave us orphans. Indeed, we are not orphans because we have received the spirit, a spirit of adoption which allows us to cry out, Abba, Father, in union with the Son. Think of Think of spirit, think of breath. On a biological level, a cry, right? The, the cry that we cry out implies a breath, right? We cry out, we can't cry out if, if we don't have breath. 
Spiritually, the same is true. We can't cry out to the Father without the breath of the Spirit. Our crying out then shows that we participate in the whenever we that are like when we have the ability to cry out to the Father. We do so by participating in the Son's own love for the Father in the Spirit. At the moment of his death on the cross, St. Luke tells us that Christ, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. He breathed his last. These words, this cry, it's not a cry of despair, right? It's a cry of love born from Christ's knowledge that the Father loves him and that he loves the Father. Especially when we suffer, brothers and sisters, the words, the dying words of Christ on the cross also become our cry. On that day, on the day in which we suffer, while recognizing that we have the gift of the Spirit, we will realize that Christ is in His Father and that we are in Him and He in us. And this participation makes us capable of offering our suffering as a sacrifice in union with Christ, in union with the sacrifice that is offered on the altar every time we celebrate Mass, in union with the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross, which is represented every time we celebrate Mass. So, especially if you can't go to Mass right now for whatever reason, this is how you offer sacrifice to God. This is how you worship God. You unite whatever suffering you have to Him. Suffering in us, in this way, reveals Christ's love to the world because through it, we can offer that sacrifice in union with the Son. And when we offer sacrifice in union with Christ, we sanctify Him in our hearts. This is the truth which changes our life. He, he brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus is the truth that changes our life. The Spirit of truth makes us participants in that, in His own life, in the Jesus Christ's own life. We see you with new eyes. We breathe with a new breath and it changes everything. And because we can breathe, because we can cry out to the Father, we can give a reason for our hope centered on the fact that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead to the glory of God the Father.